G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our guest is Bradley Mattis. Bradley is President and CEO of Life Issues Institute in the United States, serving the educational needs of the pro-life movement. Its primary objective is to globally develop and disseminate effective pro-life educational material. He's also president of the International Right to Life Federation. Uh, Brad is a three-time regional Emmy award-winning host of a weekly pro-life television program called Facing Life Head On, which is available to more than 100 million households uh, throughout America and Canada. And he also hosts Life Issues, which is a daily radio commentary on abortion and other life issues carried on more than 1,100 radio outlets across the U.S. and Canada. He's hot off the aeroplane and almost, with a little breakfast along the way, as I understand it, uh, come to visit us and uh, sitting opposite me in the studio. Uh, Bradley, welcome along to 2020. Well, good morning, Neil. I, I believe it's still this morning. It's I, still morning here. I know where I am, but I don't know what day it is. <laughs> when you're traveling internationally, sometimes that can be a concern. Uh, in the U.S., you're 18 hours behind where we are now. So welcome to tomorrow, and that is especially relevant <laughs> for you today. Bradley, uh, you're off the plane. You've arrived in Australia in what is a very significant week here. Uh, whether the general populace has got the message, whether there's been cut through, we're not necessarily sure, but I know that the Christian community is talking about this and they're expressing their concerns when it comes to issues of abortion. Uh, these things are in the news. Uh, in the United States, you're leading the charge in some respects on a lot of these issues. Uh, right. How do you how do you sort of uh, check the pulse of what's happening in the U.S.? And if you were hearing what's going on in Australia, how do we compare? Well, I, I think you're trying to follow in some of our footsteps, which is tragic. Uh, Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court ruling, uh, gave us abortion on demand throughout pregnancy. Um, this legislation that was proposed in Queensland is worse than that because it provides no conscience protections for physicians or other, other medical professionals who do not want to be part of killing an innocent unborn baby. Uh, you have abortion on demand throughout pregnancy for any reason. And the question I would like to to ask of those pro-abortion politicians is, what are you going to do with those babies who survive abortion and are born alive and are laying there crying? Are you going to, as one abortionist does in Texas, slit their throats? Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to take care of them? There's all kinds of tragedies that follow a, a bill like this when they think it's, it's a very sterile thing that's good for society. I guess from a Christian position, in the ideal world, there would be no abortion and life would be life and personhood right from conception. 
uh, in Victoria this week and coming into next week, we've got an opportunity to perhaps claw back uh, some of the liberality that's happened when it comes to these laws. I guess you've got to take an incremental process. Is there an incremental process that's happening in the US when it comes to the way that you can sort of tr- try to draw back on some of the laws there? Absolutely. And ironically, here here in Australia, you've got good versus evil. Uh, evil legislation in Queensland, very good legislation in Victoria. Yes, incremental le- legislation is the way we are going in America on the state and federal level. There's just so much we can do under a Supreme Court ruling of Roe versus Wade. But you can save a lot of babies. You can also point Americans and here Australians to the reality of what abortion does and its impact on society. A legislation passed in Texas recently that's gotten a lots of controversy and is before the Supreme Court this year. They have six weeks in which to come down with a verdict on that, has already saved enough babies to populate a small Texas town. So this legislation not only changes the way women approach abortion, but it saves lives in great numbers. This is an interesting thing, isn't it, uh, for understanding uh, the ordinary person on the streets when they think about pro-life issues, when they think about the abortion challenge. What we're talking about is real lives, real people, uh, real babies that grow up to be adults, real human beings. And sometimes uh, talking about real people, loving people, uh, escapes uh, the legislators, because they're talking about numbers, they're talking about tissue. It's it's uh, a dehumanizing way that people talk about babies. Oh, absolutely. What they want to do is dehumanize uh, the baby, that the baby is not a person, and they also want to villainize those who stand up for life. Uh, to one of the things that I would ask those politicians to consider is, you, you recall seeing those images of an elderly couple with all of their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren around them. This is the impact that they should think of when they think of aborting a baby. When you abort a single baby, you are aborting generations that would come from those individuals. So it's not only today, but it's tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. People don't like hearing a pro-life perspective because it creates all sorts of guilt feelings. Uh, It makes people feel bad, perhaps about some mistakes and some choices that they've made in times gone by. We've got to talk about these things, though, haven't we? Even if there are those who hear them and may potentially feel bad about those. Well, you have to understand what abortion does so that other people will not make that tragic choice. In addition to those who are listening to our voices who have chosen abortion, there's hope and healing through Christ and the blood on the cross. When when Christ said it is finished, he meant for every single sin known to man, and that includes the sin of abortion. So our message is not only don't do abortion, but to those who have tragically chosen it, Come for hope and healing because you will find it. Let's talk about one of the things that you major on that there isn't much written about, uh, people don't talk about, and that is the father. Because for every time that there is an abortion, oftentimes it's the mother's choice. It's her body. But there is, in every case of an abortion, there is a father who is either neglected 
and sometimes uh, he's uh, the reason for it happening. But uh, fathers don't get talked about. No, they don't. And, and much to the consternation of these radical feminists, yes, it takes a guy for every pregnancy that occurs. And um, we, of course, in America, are very concerned about the women and the stress and anguish and guilt that, that follows an abortion. But we began to hear from men. We began to receive letters and emails. And I told Dr. Wilkie, my colleague, I said, we're really missing the boat here. Something needs to be investigated. So I went about uh, doing anecdotal research. I reached out across the nation and found little bastions or islands of experts in this field who were counseling men doing good in their own area. And I told them, we need to band together, and we formed the Men in Abortion Network. And as that, now we are working to create awareness throughout the United States that if you are a guy and you are are having difficulty dealing with an abortion, one, you are not alone because the research shows that there are over 4.5 million of you who are deeply anguishing over that abortion. And second, there's hope and healing after abortion, and we can find you a free counselor no matter where you live to walk you through this grief and anguish and help you become a new man. Well, I want to open our talkback line, uh, 1-800-316-316. You might like to contribute to our conversation today. And uh, oftentimes when we open the talkback lines to talk about pro-life issues, to talk about abortion, uh, it is sometimes a painful thing to talk about. Uh, You might like to call us, uh, you can use your name, or you might like to remain anonymous. It depends on how you feel today, but certainly interested in hearing your heartbeat when it comes to men and abortion. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to be part of our conversation today. Uh, Many men abandon a woman in the face of a pregnancy. So while we're talking about men who might be hurt, suffering the anguish of the abortion, there are many men who just are not concerned at all, Bradley. Oh, absolutely. We see uh, men using and abusing women for sexual gratification and then tossing them to the side. Uh, Research has shown us that when women struggle with an issue of an unexpected pregnancy, that the father of the baby has a great deal of impact whether she chooses life or not. And unfortunately, what pushes a woman to abortion most frequently is the fact that she does not have the support of the father to not only help her through the pregnancy, but to help take care of that child and beyond. So when we talk about the anguish of fathers after abortion, We certainly aren't talking about all men because probably a majority of them don't care and are using abortion as a a form of birth control. But there's a significant, of course, there that that are anguished over this decision. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Jason in Brisbane. Hello, Jason. Welcome along to 2020. Hi there. Um, Listen, I do have a question, and it's mostly about the... um, uh, terminology we're using at the moment um you know we're using things like incrementalism um you know if if abortion is murder according to god's standard god's law why aren't we calling it murder and asking the you know trying to demand the government um uh be the government and punish murderers 
it's a fair question. Why don't we call it murder? And I have heard uh, abortion and used the terminology murder often myself. But I do note, Bradley, that a lot of people are reluctant to use the terminology because of the offensive nature of that. Uh, your thoughts on what uh, on what Jason's sharing? Well, I would agree with you on that, Neil. And Jason, we need to be careful in the language that we choose to use because whether or not it makes us feel good or the fact that it, it's more complete in its description, we have to be effective in how we communicate to others. And if we can if we use the word murder and their mind snaps shut and they don't listen to anything else we say, then we failed. So we need to reach them where they are. And so sometimes we need to talk about the takes the life of that unborn baby or that kills that unborn child. We, we can't sugarcoat things. We have to be factual, but we have to also be diplomatic and Christ-like in communicating them. Uh, Christ gave us a very good example on how he reached out to the sinners. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Talking through issues of lost fatherhood this hour, men and abortion, and you might have a general comment to make about abortion. You might have an alternative comment to make about abortion. You're welcome to call us. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Bradley Mattis is our guest, CEO of Life Issues Institute in the U.S. He's also president of the International Right to Life Federation. Uh, Bradley, let's continue to take some calls. Let's hear from Helen in Tasmania. Hello, Helen. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Helen, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are when they said uh, it's a woman's choice to have an abortion. Uh, not always, because as I said um, to the gentleman earlier, I know of a person that did not have that choice because she was um, pregnant and she had to have an abortion because of medical reason because the baby not being in the room and it caused a lot and a lot of emotional um, um, strategy for the whole family of that person and so it's not always a person's choice but I think that um, to be able to have a child is, is a God's gift and I think there should be a lot a lot, a lot of help available for young people, especially when they're in the situation where they have um, become pregnant and they didn't really want to have the child. I think it's very, very important that that person gets all the help and all the comfort and communication possible to help that person decide to have the child because... Helen, let's get a few thoughts from our guest. Bradley, how do you respond to Helen, the things that she's raising? Well, first of all, the pregnancy, Helen, that you referred to is outside of the womb. That's something we call an ectopic pregnancy. Normally, that's within the fallopian tube of the woman. That is not compatible with a viable pregnancy, and oftentimes it puts the woman's health at risk. So tragically, there's nothing we can do to save that baby and to save the mother. We need to remove that that fallopian tube where the baby is, and we just don't have the science to preserve both lives. As far as your belief that we should be there to help women, that I couldn't agree with more. And that's why we have thousands of pro-life women help centers across America who provide all their services free. They'll provide ultrasounds. 
uh, doctor's visits, pregnancy tests, uh, uh, maternity clothes, bassinets, diapers, you name it. They Now they're into providing job training for helping women to be independent and on their own. So it's something that we can always expand on, but we are very active in America providing that help to women facing untimely pregnancies. And, of course, there's a lot of pregnancy support for women that happens in Australia too, and uh, we may be able to get a little bit of an update. We might get some detail about uh, some of those support services through various organisations around the nation. Uh, thank you so much to Helen from Tasmania for your input today. Let's hear from Rosemary in Melbourne in Victoria. Hello, Rosemary. Welcome along. Oh, good morning, Neil. Rosemary, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are particularly for women, Neil, but also for men, um, that we should do more, that women would understand that no matter what kind of home background they come from or anything else, some emptiness in their life will not be solved by being with a male. What they're really looking for in their emptiness is God himself. And that because God loves every woman and cares for her and respects her, she can respect herself and not just be with some guy who doesn't respect her and she ends up pregnant and in deep trouble and aborting her, murdering her own child, at which point God opens her eyes and she realises she's killed her own child and then she lives for the time when she can be reunited with that child once again when she gets to heaven, which is a shocking cross for her to carry for the rest of her life once she's done that. It is a lifelong burden. Uh, your thoughts on what Rosemary is sharing, uh, Bradley? Yes, uh, one woman who has faced uh, a post-abortion stress, that when, when you're pregnant, you carry a baby for nine months. When you abort them, you're pregnant forever. And uh, there is so much truth to that. And, and I'm glad that that Rosemary, you brought up the idea of abstinence, and that's the idea of saving sex for marriage uh, because that's the safest place to have it. Um, whenever I've talked to post-abortive men and women, and I've asked them as we're counseling with them, going back now, would have you rather been abstinent and save sex for marriage or would have you rather had uh, the pregnancy and, and the abortion? And they say, well, it's a no-brainer. Obviously, we would have been saved and spared so much anguish if we had just followed God's design for sex within marriage. And unfortunately, uh, many people have, have fallen into that sin and paid very high, uh, highly as a result. These, though, are the people that have been there and done that that can be our most effective ambassadors. So if there's anybody out there that has lived that life, uh, that life experience, uh, Consider being uh, part of the pro-life movement to share what you have done, the choices you have made, and the consequences of them. You have a great deal of influence with other women and men who are facing unexpected pregnancies. Thank you to Rosemary from Melbourne for your insights and your input today here on 2020. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Uh, just before we move on, uh, this whole uh, issue of uh, getting relationships right at the start would would uh, head off 
uh, all sorts of heartache for the future. But uh, oftentimes, uh, even within Christian churches, there's not a good focus on how you conduct a relationship when you are going through a courtship process towards what might be marriage, and people are not talking about abstinence these days. Is this the case in the U.S. as well? Oh, absolutely. And and you realize that that we are a sex-saturated society. You hear it on radio and music. You see it on the Internet. You see it on TV. Everywhere people turn, there is the message that sex has no consequences and that you should enjoy it whenever any opportunity presents itself. We need to have our pastors in every church of any every denomination talking about this issue and, and talking to them in practical terms of how it will affect their lives. And again, if you have somebody that might say a few words uh, at the church, if somebody who was chosen the wrong way and shared the repercussions of that, that can that can make an, a huge impact. But if we had churches speaking out, out about this and abortion and all everything that's associated with it, I think we could spare a lot of young people the anguish of, of lifelong decisions that they cannot undo. It seems to me if people were able to talk about their own sexual mistakes when they were younger uh, and linked that to the idea of a pro-life stance, uh, the pro-life movement would double overnight uh, because people would be saying, well, hang on a second, I I realise my mistakes. I can talk about some of those, uh, but really they don't necessarily feel like that's linked to the pro-life cause, but it certainly is. And and in addition to that, Neil, is they think that we look down upon them for past decisions when in reality we welcome them into our cause because they can be very effective ambassadors for unborn babies and the women who face those situations. So um, if you're out there listening to that, we would welcome you to to join us in talking about this issue. And if it's possible for you to share your own uh, personal experience, you can really have an impact on the young young people today. And just to mention, before we take another call, uh, you're in Australia for the Cherish Life Stepping Up Conference, which is on this weekend at the McCure Hotel North Quay in Brisbane. Uh, you can get some more details about that for listeners and uh, primarily there, I guess, uh, for those who are in southeast Queensland, although it's not too late to jump on a plane, but cherishlife.org.au, that's the website for more details about the conference that Bradley Mattis is speaking at. Let's take a call uh, from Ian in Hobart in Tasmania. Hello, Ian. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Ian, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm shaking like a reef. <laughs> I'm a 62-year-old man, but as a teenager from approximately 18 to 27, I was in and out of relationships, been involved in abortions. Um, and, and the things you've been talking about this morning is people that, you know, men that just move on and forget about it, and it comes home to roost later on in their life. And over the last couple of years, I've been going through the struggle of knowing I've been a part of and being probably a predator unknowingly, just slipping in and out of relationships, of being a part of a child's life being taken or having to, uh, been in a relationship where I've moved on from the relationship and yet there's been a child and from that child, grandchildren, and not having contact. And, and yet knowing there's a God that forgives me, that I can reflect and know that there's a God that forgives me upon that cross and yet he's lived. Lives. I thank you. 
Ian, you can experience something of the power of God in that wonderful forgiveness uh, in the moment when you start to reflect on those things. Bradley, uh, your thoughts uh, for someone like Ian and Ian and his circumstances. Well, Ian, I'm so glad you called. And obviously you're carrying a burden uh, with the past abortions that you've been involved with. And just know that there is no sin under the sun that is not covered by the blood of Jesus, that every repentant heart can come to the cross and receive that full forgiveness. And sometimes people say, well, I can't forgive myself. Well, I, I don't believe that that's the case of or how we should approach that. What it really boils down to is these people are, are struggling with the ability to accept the full grace and pardon that Jesus offers. And as a parent of a child or children, that you have had a part in, in ending the life of, you probably can't imagine any any sin that could be worse than this. But even so, Ian, uh, that sin is covered with the blood of Jesus on the cross. And one day you'll be able to meet your children in heaven. Contact this station and we'll be able to get you the help you need if you want to talk about this. We're continuing beyond the news. Thank you so much to Ian. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316, talking lost fatherhood, men and abortion. Interestingly, Bradley is a three-time regional Emmy award-winning host of a weekly pro-life television program called Facing Life Head On, and he hosts Life Issues, a daily radio commentary on abortion and other life issues carried on more than 1,100 radio outlets across the United States and Canada. This weekend, he is in Brisbane, and he's speaking at a conference for Cherish Life called Stepping Up. It's the Stepping Up Conference for Cherish Life at the McCure Hotel, North Quay in Brisbane, and he is going to be travelling around Australia over the coming week or two. He's going to be in Cairns on the 26th. He'll be in Sydney on the 24th. Sorry, I've got these dates a little out of order. On the 28th on the Gold Coast and on the 29th in Melbourne. Now, you'll be able to get dates uh, for speaking engagements. Uh, he's in southeast Queensland at a number of locations around southeast Queensland over the coming days. Uh, you'll be able to get details when you go on to the Cherish Life website, cherishlife.org.au, and you might like to make contact with Cherish Life for specific details on which branches are actually hosting Bradley over these coming days. But I did mention Sydney the 24th, Cairns the 26th, in uh, Gold Coast the 28th and Melbourne on the 29th. We are talking through the issue of lost fatherhood uh, this hour and uh, Bradley, we're going to take some more calls in just a few moments. Uh, The primary issue that you face though when you're talking to men and their fatherhood and the fact that they've been cut off left out, left stranded and isolated in this whole process of abortion uh, is this sense of anger, uh, almost a rage that's going on inside a man when he is left out, and then how you address that. Well, yes, Neil, anger is the the most consistent symptom that I see in, in men that I counsel, and my colleagues who counsel, they have seen it in every man that they have counseled. And in addition to that, um, they will act out on this anger in ways that is detrimental to them and possibly the people around them. Oftentimes, they don't even know that it's related to the abortion. Uh, early pioneers of counseling men have coined the term hooking, 
which means they will experience something, see something, hear, smell, taste, anything that reminds them of that abortion experience, and the anger boils up and they act out not knowing it's associated to that. Um, That is a symptom that we spend lots of time in our counseling one-on-one with these guys to handle. Uh, And the other is forgiveness. That's a big issue also. And we'll talk some more about that. Let's take some more calls, though. Wayne is in Cairns in Queensland. Hello, Wayne. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, top of the mind here. How are you? Very well, Wayne. What are your thoughts on our topic today? Uh, I've been through that situation where we had to make a choice after we already had two children. And um, it was a really bad choice now that I think about it, that we, did, we had to abort the third one because I thought it was the best uh, option because couldn't even look after yourself, let alone other, the other children, right? But um, but now, well, like I said, later on in life, I do feel that um, I did make the wrong choice because I love my children and I um, I really do appreciate the genuine, like you get a genuine friend and um, they are a part of you. But um, like I said, I can't change that. It's gone now. But if I had to, had to make the choice over again, I wouldn't do it because... Um, I do now wonder exactly what we could have had, you know. You regret a mistake. Let's get some thoughts from Bradley. Yeah, Wayne, my wife and I were in that exact same situation. We had two boys, and uh, within months of the birth of the second one, uh, she became pregnant very unexpectedly. Um, Thankfully, um, I I thank God that he had moved us to not consider abortion and, and made the right choice, and that son, the third one of the four, has been a true blessing to us for, for our lives. And I don't, I don't say that to make you feel more burdened by your choice, but I, I admire you for coming out and, and saying uh, that you made a choice that was wrong and that you regret that. And I, I hope that you are able to affect other men uh, who may be talking about uh, choosing abortion for whatever reason. And if there's uh, some way that you feel you need to talk to somebody about that, uh, I would encourage you to contact Cherish Life at cherishlife.org.au, and we'll find that person if you'd like to uh, to talk to them about about what's been troubling you since that that fateful day. Well, I think the the main problem is the woman because I didn't realize how much it does affect the the lady because I could imagine you know I wouldn't like um, I used to work in abattoirs so I know what it's like. To see something die, but I mean, I mean that that's a silly, bloody uh, rep, uh, t- uh, thing to think uh, to um, judge it by. But I'm saying, um, you know, seeing life and death is not a good thing. But I mean, the woman, I didn't realise how much it might affect your woman. So the woman sort of closes up, and you can't really um, speak to her about it. And maybe um, that's one of the worst things that the woman has to go through that effect, the side effects of that. So um, I need to try and understand how the woman really feels and how we can help her so we can communicate and stop her suffering because life's hard enough without having to suffer, you know, um, guilt, shame and um, paranoia or anything. So, um, yeah, I think it's the woman, like I said, because the women are more emotional, it's very hard to understand exactly how they feel. Wayne, you've come up with a whole bunch of new additions to the sorts of symptoms that men might feel, Uh, this inability to communicate with your partner and uh, 
uh, even the uh, the way that you relate together uh, as man and wife. Uh, thank you so much, Wayne, for your sharing your heart with us today here on 2020. 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line remains open. We are talking about fatherhood, a lost fatherhood, men and abortion. And uh, even as Wayne was sharing about economic reasons, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why an abortion might take place. One of those economic reasons, and uh, and that's certainly one that people will no doubt have regrets about later on when they get back on their feet. Oh, absolutely. When you're in the throes of things with not being able to, to make ends meet, those can seem like very, very compelling reasons to choose abortion. But I can guarantee you that once you work your way through that and, and God promises he will provide for us, uh, you will not you will not regret your decision to choose life. You know, the reason that that men have those symptoms is because God has ingrained in us a desire and drive to provide and protect our families, including our offspring. So fathers who have lost a child often have a lot of regret for their wives or partners that went through the anguish, as Wayne expressed, because they see their role as to provide and protect not only the child, but also their helpmate. 1-800-316-316 to be part of this conversation. Let's take a call from Naomi in Western Australia. Hello, Naomi. Welcome along. Thank you very much for the program. I'd like to firstly acknowledge the grief um, that uh, many men must feel if not included in the situation of abortion, but I'm just uh, feeling that the subject of abortion that occurs in marriage where there is pressure from a husband and a wife is unsupported is very much neglected in the whole debate and Um, I have a sister, for example, who was hugely pressured by her husband to have an abortion after having three girls and he felt he'd never get a son. And in that case, um, I counselled my sister and said that she needed to really um, pray and reflect deep in her own heart. And she decided against the result was that the fourth child was a boy. Um, but basically I'm ringing to talk about the issue of support for women in marriage with a dominant husband who does not want another child. Your thoughts, Bradley? Yes, well, if if you are a Christian, there is a foundation on which you base your beliefs and decisions. If you have a, a husband that is telling you to take the life of your unborn child, you know clearly, clearly that that is wrong advice. God wants you to choose life for that child, and between who you should listen to and obey, it is God who gives life and who will bless you for choosing life and following his will in this circumstance. Naomi from WA, thank you so much for your input today on 2020. Our talkback line remains open, 1-800-316-316. You might like to join in our conversation. You might have a question. You might have a comment. You might have an alternative point of view. You are welcome to call 1-800-316-316. Bradley, let me ask you about something we began to touch on a little earlier, the idea of uh, if you are a man and uh, you're in this lost fatherhood category, 
category. Uh, you realise that there are some empty seats around your table that ought to be there and somehow or other you carry this burden of grief. And you're going through all sorts of things. You mentioned things like anger that you have to deal with. Getting some counselling in your local community, how do you go about uh, connecting with someone who will know the right things to do to help you get through that? Well, first of all, the issue of abortion is bigger than any of us. And nobody can just slug through this and come out the other end okay. It is too big for you to try to manage on your own, and you need to get that help. And uh, that is is available through various sources. Sometimes there's a pastor that's familiar with crisis counseling and families. He would be a good person to uh, help you through this. Uh, you should contact uh, cherishlife.org.au, and they will find the person for you to provide that free counseling that you need. Um, there's no reason you have or should expect yourself to have to face this issue alone. It is just too huge and too daunting a task. What is in crisis counseling that is going to see uh, an individual through, or at least uh, get the ball rolling, get a start, break the ice. Uh, crisis counselling, some people will say, oh, it's just something that I'm carrying. I'm not sure it's a crisis. Uh, is it the, the sort of crisis that we ought to be thinking is truly something that is impacting our lives today? Well, the decision to end the life of your child is certainly a crisis. It is not going to go away. It will fester just like a wound. You can put a a pus-filled wound is painful and needs to be addressed. You can't just put a bandage over it and ignore it because eventually the pain will be uh, the only thing that you can think about or face that day. You have to then take the step, the painful step of addressing that. You have to clean out that wound, which is a hard thing to do. But once you do, you can move on. Now, there will always be a scar, that missing child in that seat, as you mentioned. But you will be able to move on in a productive way and utilize that experience to help others avoid that. But it must be addressed because if you don't address uh, the anguish and guilt of abortion, that can lead to depression and other problems. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Bradley Mattis is our guest. We're talking about lost fatherhood, men and abortion. Uh, Bradley, as I reflect on those men who've called in through this hour and uh, shared their own hearts with us, uh, shared their own pain of having gone through what they've gone through, uh, it's actually quite significant that men are, in fact, ready to pick up the phone. And I know one of our callers said, I'm shaking like a leaf. I, you know, it's difficult for me to, to, to talk about these things. Men do find it difficult to talk about these sorts of issues. Absolutely. You know, women tend to share with each other. We just tend to bottle it up and, and slug our way through because that's what we think society expects of us. Society doesn't really give uh, fathers any incentive to talk about the grief and shame that comes along with abortion. So, yes, I, I greatly admire the men who have called in and given a good example, because for every two or three that call in, there are many more listening who are, are experiencing the same thing. So I would encourage them to get help and uh, get help getting through this, because there is hope and healing after abortion. Even though it may look so bleak at the moment, um, there is hope. And, and I want to add that for those of, of you who are listening who aren't believers in Christ, I still want you to know that, that God loves you just as much as anybody else, and he has a plan for your life. 
and he has a plan for your life that doesn't include dragging around the baggage of a, a past abortion day after day after day and struggling with that grief and anguish. So reach out, get the help you need, because uh, God loves you, and, and he wants to grow closer to you and tell you just how much he does love you. I'm always interested to talk about why Christians have such a strength when it comes to having a pro-life position. And of course, we would appreciate that men and women are created in the image and likeness of God. And this creation in God's image is the thing that gives us value. So if you and I know you're including there uh, those who are not Christians listening in. And uh, there is hope for uh, their recovery and for their healing too. But there's something within the Christian that actually has context. We have value because we know who God is. Yes. And if we were the only person on the face of this earth, Jesus Christ would have still come to this earth and bled and died for your sins. He loves you that much. And because we know we are redeemed children of God, we know we are special and, and that we are worth the effort. And uh, that's why it's so important to make sure that you get the hope and healing you need because that's what God wants of you. He wants you to have a happy and productive life free of the chains that Satan has put on you with this abortion. And he would delight in the fact that you would come forward and get that help. Bradley, some people will be listening in saying, well, I didn't know I had a problem until you happened to raise it. And uh, raising the issue, uh, you know, oftentimes on this program, we're encouraging people to take action. And it's like uh, becoming an activist for your faith, putting faith into action and getting in touch with your MPs and those sorts of things. So to hear a dimension like this today of hope and healing uh, this is a breath of fresh air. And uh, for people who are seeking that, uh, they need to be assured that there is that help available. Oh, there is. And and for resources now, there are so many resources that they can tap into. And if they go to menandabortion.net, menandabortion.net, they can read accounts of guys who have been there. They can can find out why they're affected and, and what the symptoms are and how how to deal with those symptoms and get some of the answers that's been plaguing them. They can look at their life in the context of a past abortion and look at it to see if some of the struggles they've been facing are truly connected to that abortion. And, of course, there are even Bible studies that are available along with some of those resources, or these are the sorts of resources you're talking about, going through what I imagine is probably a fairly straightforward and simple Bible study understanding these things. Yes, and the Bible is fertile ground for providing comfort and strength and nourishment to a father who's lost a child to abortion. It is just amazing the healing that I've seen taken place as as I was just a conduit for the Holy Spirit to provide that scripture to them. And these Bible uh, studies to walk through are a joy uh, to watch the guy grow and change into a, a, a new man, literally. And there are always those who say, oh, I have a friend or a family member who I really wish they had heard this conversation today. I want to encourage listeners that later on this afternoon, you'll be able to hear a podcast of this conversation uh, with Bradley Mattis. Uh, so if you do have someone that you know would benefit from hearing a conversation like this that seems to just put all the pieces in place and offer the 
opportunity to seek some level of healing and wholeness and hope. Uh, You'll be able to access this conversation later on this afternoon when you go on to the 2020 page at vision.org.au. It will be available later this afternoon on that podcast. Let's talk about the conference that's coming up this weekend. You're speaking in southeast Queensland at a number of dates, Bradley, but uh, the conference this weekend, the Cherish Life Stepping Up Conference, what sort of things are you addressing there? Well, I'll be addressing two topics, and one, of course, is men and abortion, um, why we're affected, what the symptoms are, and how to treat those symptoms. And then I'll also be talking about stem cell research and the amazing breakthroughs that have come as a result of adult stem cells, not embryonic stem cells that takes the life of an innocent human being. You'll be absolutely dumbfounded to look at the list of treatments and cures. It's been miraculous what God has enabled to take place through adult stem cell research. Mostly we're bombarded with a non-pro-life approach to all of these sorts of scientific breakthroughs, so to speak. Uh, Keeping up with these sorts of issues, uh, the adult stem cells, not just embryonic stem cells, where do you find all of that information? How do you easily just go online and you can find a Christian biblical, pro-life approach to some of these ethical issues? Well, we've gathered those at our website at lifeissues.org, lifeissues.org. We have that information from cloning to euthanasia and everything in between. So we would encourage people to go there. If you still have questions, contact us through the website and we'll do the research we need to provide the answers you need. Well, it's just been great getting your insights through this hour to mention that you're speaking at a number of locations around southeast Queensland over these coming days. The Cherish Life Stepping Up Conference is on at the McCure Hotel North Quay in Brisbane this weekend. Get some details at cherishlife.org.au. I mentioned that you'd be in Sydney on the 24th of May, Cairns on the 26th, You're on the Gold Coast the 28th and in Melbourne on the 29th. Cherishlife.org.au if you're wondering about some of the other websites being mentioned, lifeissues.org for some of that uh, background, some of that resource, uh, the Bible studies, uh, some of the uh, topics that we've been talking about as well as those stem cells. Uh, Lots of uh, opportunity to make contact. And if you're looking for someone to take you that step further, If you are looking to have some level of hope and healing, Bradley did mention, get in touch with a pastor in your local community, someone who has some capacity to go through crisis counselling. And otherwise, uh, the Cherish Life website at cherishlife.org.au will give you an opportunity to be connected with someone who can take you through a process where you can experience the forgiveness that God offers through His Son, Jesus because that blood has been shed on the cross at Calvary, and we can experience that forgiveness. Bradley, just great getting your insights today. All the best for your tour around Australia. Thank you so much for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.